1 Corinthians chapter 6, that sounds a little better, verse 20. I'm going to kind of go over what, we, uh, what I ministered on, uh, on uh, Wednesday night. So if you, if you watched it, this is going to be kind of the ending to that, and then we're going to go into, uh, go a little deeper. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we lift you up this morning. We magnify you, and we thank you, Father, that you bought us with a price. You bought us with your blood, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we are yours. We are yours, you are, and you are ours, Father. And we thank you, Father, for this service, the plan of God, for the service that comes to pass. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that for utterances, you're speaking through us this morning, speaking through me. May my words be your words. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. 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 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, are you there? Verse 20 says, You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <laughs> First Corinthians 6, verse 20, are we there? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What is God's? Your body and your spirit are God's. Amen. The Amplified says you were purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. What were you made his own by? His blood. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. You know, on Wednesday night, we kind of, uh, I talked, I taught on, um, when you get born again, your spirit becomes new to God. Your spirit becomes alive to God. You know, before, when you were walking in the world and you didn't have Jesus, did you know your spirit was dead to God? Yes. The real you, your spirit man, was dead to God. But when you became born again, your spirit man uh, became alive to God. And that's why all of a sudden you thought, oh, I probably can't say that. I probably can't do that anymore. All of a sudden your spirit becomes alive to God and um, it uh, enlightens to your mind um, things that are wrong or things that you shouldn't do anymore. Right. Amen. Amen. Can you turn me down a little bit? I know you're trying to figure it out, but I'm trying not to get distracted. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That sounds, yeah, just lower me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for our own building. Hallelujah. Pastor Marcus and I went and looked at a building this last week. It was okay. (laughs) It was okay. It was just a little, I don't know where we would park or how we'd all fit, but... So wasn't wasn't the one, but that's okay. We're still looking. Amen. You know, you got to keep pursuing um, and keep keep making movement toward whatever towards whatever you're believing God for, even if you're like ah, I don't know. You just go make movement towards that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now we're gonna get back on topic here. So uh, you were bought with a price. You were bought by the blood of Jesus. So now that you become now that you've become born again. Um, your body, you know, a lot of people, they, get, they, they ask Jesus into the heart, but they don't give their body to God. Yeah. Even though you, your body's his, right. they think they can do whatever they want with their body. Right, right boys? Are you listening, boys? Yeah. When you get older, 12, 13, 14, 15, remember your bodies, and right now they are God's. Yeah. And so everything you do with your body should bring glory to God. 
Well, I'll say it again. Yeah. So everything you do with your body should bring glory to God. Yes. Too many Christians are out there and they don't look like Christians. We can't tell they're Christians because they say whatever they want. They do whatever they want. And they're like, well, you know, I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. But see, becoming a Christian isn't just about going to heaven. It's about being, being God, expressing God in your life here on earth. And it should be so evident coming out of you that people, you don't even have to preach. You don't even have to say anything. Try to tell someone, you know, they know something's different about you. You don't do things with your body that other people's do. Other people, you don't say the things. You don't talk like they talk. Why? Because I'm consecrated to God now. My body is his. He purchased my body. He purchased your body with his blood. It wasn't just so you could, your spirit could go to heaven. Jesus didn't die just so your spirit could go to heaven. He died so that your body here on earth could also express him. That includes healing, right? The healing power of God working in your body. That's expressing God to you, to your family, right? Imagine, you know, I remember Kenneth Hagin when he he would say, I haven't had a headache, and I I want to say he said like 60 years. I thought, wow, did he ever live in the valley? No, I didn't think that. But, (laughs) But, you know, you're thinking, 60 years without a headache? What? How? Why? I don't understand. Why. Well, he was consecrated to the Lord. Yes. His body was consecrated to God. Once you get born again, your spirit man is alive to God, but you have to uh, rein your body in. You've got to rein your thoughts in, your mind in, because your mind still wants to think like it used to think. Your body still wants to do what it used to do before you became a Christian. It's true. Because when you get Jesus and you ask him into your heart, your body doesn't change, right? Like I said, maybe some of us wished we had a new body. God, could you give me a new body? But, um, or a new mind? Gosh, I can't get rid of these thoughts. Well, that's why we use the word. The word washes us. The word washes us. And so it washes our mind. It keeps our body in line when we are constantly saying full of the word, right? And we're putting our body and our mind under subjection to our spirit. So we talked about that on Sunday. Our spirit is like the parent and our body and our mind, our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions, our body and our soul are like the children. So you are a spirit being. When you die... The Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That means the, your body is a house. It's housing your spirit. Now, you've got to take care of your body because um, if the body is not functioning properly and, uh, and it's failing, then, you know, your spirit won't be able to stay here much longer because your spirit needs the body on earth, right? So, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's just a quick recap of what we taught on... Wednesday. If you didn't listen to that, I would encourage you to do that. I don't know if we posted it yet, but 
um, when it comes up, listen to it. 2 Timothy chapter 2. So you are a spirit. You, the real you, is a spirit. You have a body and you have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we talked about on Wednesday night, we don't allow our mind, our will, and our emotions to rule us. Some people, they want to talk about how they feel all the time. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I love when someone asked Smith Wigglesworth, how are you feeling today? He said, I don't ask Smith how I feel. I'm not asking me, how do I feel today? I'm looking at the Word, and the Word's telling me how I'm feeling. The Word tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Word tells me to encourage myself in the Lord. The Word is my guide, not my feelings, not my emotions, not my mind. Your mind will try and take you places. You don't let your mind go to those places. Some of you that have been only saved for a few years, uh, or even if you've been saved for 10 years, there's a, it sounds good, love, there's a constant uh, renewing of the mind. What is that renewing of the mind? You're exchanging God, your old thoughts, your unrenewed old man thoughts for God thoughts. And it's a continual process. You're going to have to do it for the rest of your life, renewing your mind. Constantly, what are you, when you're renewing your mind, you're washing your mind with the Word. That's why it's so important to, re, to get that Word inside of you. Put it in front of your eyes, right? Confess it, right? So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. So what kind of vessels are there? Some for honor. Some for dishonor. What kind of vessel do you want to be? Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, in other words, from the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor. What do you have to do to, um, it's still, now it sounds really echoey. I'm sorry, if you could put it back to where it was. If you uh, cleanse yourself, you have to cleanse yourself. Say, I have to cleanse myself. What do you cleanse it with? What do you cleanse yourself with? The Word. That's why God's Word is so important in our lives. Amen. So it says, cleanse yourself from the latter. He will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Come on. That sanctified means set apart. So it's not just your spirit that becomes alive to God. Your spirit becomes alive to God, but you can set apart, you can sanctify Through God's word, you can be consecrated to the Lord in your body and in your mind. Say in your mind. mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your body and in your mind. When you're consecrated to the Lord, it's a wholehearted effort. It's not just, well, you know, my spirit man's going to heaven. No, it's your body. You're watching what your body does. Your body brings glory to God, and even your thoughts bring glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean bad thoughts won't come or wrong thoughts won't come. They will come, but you have to cast that thought down, right? Because I'm not going to allow my mind to go and think badly of somebody else. I'm not going to allow my mind to go uh, and hold on forgiveness, get offended, think wrong about, you know, uh, uh, sickness or disease. 
allowing unbelief or doubt to, to enter in, right? So, so uh, we are consecrated to the Lord, but it's a daily consecration. Every day, Lord, I'm, I'm yielded to you. My body is yielded to you. My mind is yielded to you. But you can't do it on your own. That's why we have, that's why he gave us his word. Because the Bible, the word washes us. It keeps us thinking right. It keeps us in the light. Right? Come on. So when you're consecrated to the Lord, there is no self. In consecration. There is no self. You're laying down your own desires. You're laying down your own preferences. You're laying down your own will. Jesus was the example when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, not my will, but yours be done. That's not just something Jesus said just so we could read about it. That was an example to us. What was he giving to the Father? His body. He was giving his body to God. So there is no self in consecration. There is no self when you're fully committed to God. Self will try and rise up, but you've got to put self back down. Because we live in a natural world. And we've got flesh. (laughs) And the flesh likes to rise up and be carnal. Right? But if you're constantly washing yourself with the word, you're able to, uh, your spirit will be strengthened. Let me say that again. If you're watering yourself with the word, your spirit will be strengthened and will rise up and will dominate the flesh, which is the body, and the soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. If you do not feed your spirit, your flesh will, will dominate. Your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions will dominate. So there is no self when you're serving the Lord wholeheartedly. There is no self. Praise the Lord. There's no self. So as Christians, we're called to live a higher life, right? We're not called to live the lower life. But if you want to live the higher life, you've got to let go of the lower. You've got to let go of what your flesh wants to do. You've got to, you've got to let go of where your emotions want to take you. You have to let go of what your, uh, what your mind, those thoughts it's trying to take in a direction. You've got to cast those things down. You've got, you've got to say, I'm choosing to live the higher life. I'm not living this lower life anymore. There are people that know Jesus. If I could say, I, don't even, I really don't even want to use the word no. Because they've asked him into their hearts. But they really don't know him. Because their lives haven't really changed. They still eat what they want, drink what they want, say what they want, sleep with who they want to sleep with. Well, I'm going to heaven, but you're not consecrated to the Lord. So you're living so much lower. You're not experiencing 
all that he has for you because you're allowing yourself to take you places it should never take you. When yourself takes you places, when your flesh takes you places, you got to rein it in. And you have to realize, okay, maybe I need to put some more word in here. Maybe I need to pray in tongues more. Keep my, keep my body subject to my flesh, to my, to my spirit. Amen? So praise the Lord. Okay, so now we're going to go to the next thing here. Let's open our, our Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 3. So God wants to take us higher, you know, he, but we've got to choose to lose the lower life. Say, I'm losing the lower life. I want to go higher. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, Set your affection, the Amplified, set your minds on things above on those things that are higher, not on the things that are on the earth. The next uh, verse 5 says, in the Amplified, kill the evil desire lurking in your members. How do you continue to keep your flesh and body under? How do you kill those desires? You put your mind on God. You put your affection on Him. The reason you're not, our flesh is out of control is because we're not putting our affection on God. We're putting our affection on what we want to do during the day, what we want to watch during the day, where we want to go during the day. Instead of, am I setting my affection on God? Am I putting my mind on Him? Well, pastor, I have to go to work. I have kids. I'm not saying you can't do all those things. You have to go through life. There are things you're going to have to accomplish every day, right? We all have daily tasks. But at the same time, as you're going through that day, you can constantly be aware of Him. The reason our flesh and our mind try and take us different places, our mind's not renewed, we're not washing our, our, our self with the Word, but it's also because we're not really aware that God is with us wherever we go. Before you walk into the grocery store, he's with you. I love what one minister said. He said, before I walked in, I just stood there. I just reminded myself, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That God is with me and he's on me. He's in us. The New Testament, he's in us now. Let me be aware that he's in me. That I'm taking his presence somewhere. I'm taking his presence somewhere. Before you go to your job, oh yes, I remember this. As I was getting ready yesterday, I saw this and the Lord said, tell the men, before you go into your job, before you step into that place of work, stop. Before you go in those doors, just stop. Right before you walk in and say, "Mm, God, you're with me today. You're in me. I'm taking you with me. Remind yourself that God is in you and his presence is with you. The God of the universe. So you're constantly keeping your mind on him. Your affection is on him. You're reminding yourself. You have to constantly remind yourself he's with you. He goes with you wherever you go. 
Now, some of the places he may not like where you go, but he's still with you. He's with you, and that will change how you walk out your day if you'll remember, I'm taking his presence with me wherever I go, right? So we're not living two different lives. Well, this is my natural life, and this is my spiritual life. No, it's not two different lives. There's a constant abiding in him. There's a constant awareness that he is always with you. Right now, as you're sitting here, he's in you. He's with you. His presence is with you. Whether you feel it or not, he's with you. But it's not just for you. And this is where we have to lay aside ourselves. Then we can get so enraptured and God's always with me. Yeah, but why is he with you? To help you, yes, but what about to be an extension yes. of him to others around you? Yes. Because they're drowning. They're sinking. Their marriage is falling apart. Their spouse is dying. Their kids are, are barely making it. Whatever. Yeah. Did you forget where you were? Did you forget? Did you forget about the day that you asked him into your heart? Did you forget what happened to you and how your life changed? Because we can get so wrapped up in the busyness that we forget. We can take for granted that his presence is not just his presence with me, it's to transform not just my life, but the people around me. Transform my neighborhood. Transform my place of work. Without me even having to preach to anybody, I can just be. I can just be there, and the presence of God is moving and working because I'm taking his presence with me, right? So we're losing the lower life. It's not two different lives. If you're living two different lives, you're not living for God. You can't walk in the world and walk in the spirit. You can't do both. And the Lord is trying to take this church higher. You know, Azusa Street Revival happened. Did you know there were never more than 70 people in that building? And it transformed the entire world. But those 70, as they came and go, were consecrated to God. They were seeking God. They were taking his presence. They were aware that he was with them. And his glory showed up and he manifested himself. So it's a continual awareness of him being with me, never leaving me, right? But at the same time, I'm blessed by that. But what am I giving to him. See, we can be takers. I take my house, I take my car, I take my finance, I take that job promotion, hallelujah, I'm a taker, I take my healing. And you're supposed to take those things. 
Those are yours given to you by the Lord. That's a blessing. But what are you giving to him in return? What are you giving to him? I'll tell you what we're supposed to be giving to him is a continual, constant submission. I'm submitted to God. My body is submitted to him. My mind, it's submitted to God. I don't let it go places where it's not supposed to go. I don't watch things I'm not supposed to watch. Why? Because I'm submitted to God. I'm consecrated. I'm set apart. You, church, you're set apart by God. He purchased you. He paid for you. You you are His. You are His. We read that, right? You are His. You are His. So act like you're His. A continual submission to His ways. His preferences. His will, not my will. I've got to lay aside myself daily. And it, let me tell you, it's a daily laying aside. Because <laughs> you'll wake up and you're, you did great the, you know, the day before and the, na- the next day you wake up and you're like, man, my flesh really wants to do this and I really want to say this. Why? It's a constant daily consecration. Lord, I'm consecrating myself to you today. I'm giving, I'm fully submitted. That consecration means set apart. I'm submitted to you. What am I, what am I giving back to the Lord? I'm not just a taker. Church, we're not called to be just takers. We're not called to be a sucker. We're called to be sowers. That we're, we're, we are investing into other people. And we're investing, number one, into our relationship with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to James chapter 4. Praise God. He is faithful. Say, He is faithful. Say, I'm submitted to Him. Pastor, I don't know if I want to say that. Okay, well, you don't have to say it now, but maybe one day. <laughs> it's a full, all of me belongs to God, not just my spirit. My body belongs to God. I only do with this body what Jesus would do with his body. I only allow my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions to do what Jesus did with his mind, will, and emotions. And Jesus gave us plenty of, of examples of what he did with his mind and will and emotions. Remember when the enemy came and tempted him? He had to resist the devil. Well, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to resist the devil when, when your mind and your will and emotions try and rise up and take charge, right? James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit, say submit, submit. yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Verse, five, verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. The Amplified says, be subject to God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. As I was reading this, you know, well, how do I get rid of, you know, Pastor, I have these bad habits. I have, I have these bad thoughts. I, how do I get rid of these bad things? You do these wrong things. You just come close to God. You come close to God. You know, I don't know if you all remember, but I went back. The Lord reminded me yesterday when I was getting ready and, and praying. Go back 
to your journal, and he reminded me, I forgot to bring it, um, January 2020, the beginning of this year. Do you remember when I, sa- I told you, the Lord said, I want you to walk closer with me this year. Do you remember when I said that? And I said, and he said this, uh, I want to hold your hand this year. Remember, and I said, it's almost like you're holding God's hand and you keep bumping into him because you're walking so close to God. Do you remember when we talked about that? The Lord reminded me of that. He wants us to walk closely with him. He said, uh, this is what I told you in, in January. Walk hand in hand, and God will lead us here, there, and around that into all truth. I said, where we're so close to him, it's like we keep bumping into him. But the thing is, we're so close to him, he's in us, and we're in him. But we still have to draw nigh to him because our flesh and our soul wants to go other places. So we have to draw close to God, right? Praise the Lord. So we're drawing closer. Say, I'm drawing closer to him. So this, this James chapter 4 says, submit yourselves. How do we submit ourselves to him? We stay close to him. You can't submit to someone if you're not close to them. You can't submit to God if you don't stay close to him. And guess what? It's our job to stay close to him. I'm not going to say, Lord, draw me close to you. No, it's my job to draw close to God. Yeah, that's good. It's my responsibility yeah. daily to draw near to him. And the closer we walk with God, the more God-like we become. We pick up his habits. We pick up his ways of thinking. Come on. We pick up his ways of talking, his ways of being, right? Have you ever had your child, um, you could tell like, mm, who you been hanging out with? Who you been around? Because uh, you're acting a little different than how we normally act in this house. Have you ever noticed that? Well, they're acting a certain way because they've been around somebody. When you're around Jesus, you start acting like him. You start becoming like him. So you won't even have to get rid of all the bad habits. You just stay close to God, become, become close to him, and all, of, all that he is will rub off on you, and you'll start acting like him, talking like him, walking like him. If you just draw near to him, right? You'll lose an appetite for the wrong things. They'll fall off. As you walk closer, as we walk closer with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, you don't have to turn there, but it says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You are one with God. You know, our our example of marriage, when a man and a wife get married, they become one. That refers back to when we become born again. We become one with the Father. We become one. Our spirit becomes one with his spirit. Just like you become one with your spouse when you get married. Amen? So your relationship, though, with your spouse, if you say, well, you know, I I love you and I married you and that's it. But you, you know, maybe you think about somebody else. You talk to somebody else. Well, you know, but we're married, but, you know, I'm talking to this person over here on Facebook, you know. Or I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking about somebody else. Well, are you really committed to that person? You, just because you have a certificate? Yeah. Just because you're, you ask Jesus into your heart, are you really committed to him? Or are you walking one foot in the world and one foot 
you know, you can't do both. Praise the Lord. So we're not just takers. We're not just takers. You know, if Pastor Marcus said, like he always makes that joke, you know, I love you if I, and, I, and uh, if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. I'm only going to tell you once, right? I'd be like, mm, that ain't going to cut it, buddy. Right? We're married. You're going to have to invest in this relationship, and I'm investing in you, and you're yeah. investing in me. Yeah. Right? I'm spending time with you. You're spending time with me. You like some gifts. I like some gifts. You know, you're showing your affection. You're showing your love. It's the same thing with, with our relationship with the Lord. If Pastor Marcus... Uh, just gave me things all the time and I never did anything for him, I'd be a taker. And our marriage would go down the toilet. Right? You have people who are married, they're like, well, you know, I just don't love them anymore. You know, or, well, I don't know if I want to, what can they do for me? You know, no, what about, what can you do for them? What can you do for your spouse? What can you do for Jesus? See, this mentality is, I don't know, what can you do for me? I, you know, you don't make me happy anymore. Oh, so it's all about you. It's all about you. They don't make me happy anymore. Where is that in the Bible? Oh, you mean so you're being ruled by your emotions and your, your feelings. Your feelings are dictating. I, I'm going to go over to this person because they make me feel good. They, they said they love me. Well, the grass only looks greener because you can't see over the fence. Right? Praise the Lord. So, we're not just takers. So we're going to turn to Acts 13 as I get ready to wrap this up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm not just a taker. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Are you all there? Yes. Okay. You can, this is a great scripture. You might want to underline it. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said... Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work, whereunto I have called them. And when they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. I want you to focus on the first part, as they ministered to the Lord. How do we draw close to God? We minister to Him. We minister. You, did you know you could minister to the Lord? We're not just coming here to get ministered to. We're coming here. We're not just coming here to take. We're coming here to minister to God. Right? It's not a one-way relationship. It's a two-way. I'm, my, my, I'm taking my time to spend with Him. I'm taking my time to talk to Him. I'm taking time to read my Bible. I'm taking time to express, Lord, I need help in this area. What do you have to say about this? That's how you can talk to the Lord. What if you never talk to the Lord? Do you have a relationship with him? Is it, is it dry? It's going to be real dry. So it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, ministering to the Lord is the prayer of praise and worship. Say praise and worship. And this is where we're going to, we're going to close off with this because next Sunday we're going to do something. We're going to minister to the Lord more. 
But ministering to the Lord is the prayer of praise and worship. It's telling God how much you love Him. It's praising Him and thanking Him for His goodness and mercy. Ministering to the Lord is telling God how much we love Him, we praise Him, and we thank Him for His goodness and mercy. That's what ministering to the Lord is. So most of the time when we come to God for something, what are we asking? We're asking Him, move in our service, move in our body, move in my home, move in my finances. This is called the prayer of petition. We are petitioning God and asking Him for things. Right? Say prayer of petition. And in a service, we do the same thing. Right? We sing songs. Now this morning, actually all three of our songs were ministering to the Lord. But usually, sometimes, we'll sing songs that minister to us. Right? Um, when the pastor gets up, what's happening? We're being ministered to. The Lord is speaking through the pastor, ministering to us. Right, so, so we're always getting ministered to. Even when we have an altar call, when you get hands laid on you, what's happening? You're getting ministered to, right? Um, even times of waiting on the Lord where we've gotten quiet, it can still be a time of petition where what's happening? We're petitioning God. We're asking him for things, right? These things aren't wrong. It's part of church. It's part of the body of Christ, right? But most of that praying, what's happening is it's a prayer petition. We're not ministering to the Lord. We're getting ministered to. Prayer and praise and prayer and worship. Praise and worship, that's ministering to the Lord. That's why it's so important for you when we praise God and worship God. You need to stand up. You've got to lift your hands. You gotta, you've got to, when your body goes, I don't want to say I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What are you doing? You're ministering to the Lord. Amen. Why did he create you? For, fun. For fellowship. Yes. Amen. Well, I thought he created me to, to give me this and to give me that. Well, he created you because he wants fellowship with you. Yes. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. So when we wait upon God and we minister to him, yeah. are you ready for this? Get ready. We're not asking him for anything. If every time you come to the Lord and you're asking him for something, that's not a good relationship. I would dare say in this day and age that people would say, that's not really healthy. That's not a healthy relationship. You're, you're a taker. You just want, want, want. You know, Kenneth Hagin said, all you do is you come to the Lord and you say, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me the, give me, give me. Right? So when we come and minister to the Lord, we're not asking Him for anything. We're not petitioning Him for anything. We're ministering to Him. We do it as individuals, but we need to do it as a group. And then you need to do it in your home. Where... It's okay. And like I said, there's going to be times you're going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I'm, I'm believing God for this home. Lord, I'm believing God for this job. Those are, that's why, you know, we're blessed. But at the same time, are, you, are they equaling out with how many times you come and minister to him and say, Lord, I just want to come and tell you I love you today. No, I'm not here to ask you for anything. Have you ever tried doing that? Oh, this is so hard. I'm not used to this. I always come and ask the Lord for something. 
Come, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I just, I love you. Lord, I remember when I was little, you were with me. Man, thank you, Jesus. Remember the time you saved me. Remember the time I almost got in a car accident or this dangerous thing almost happened and you were with me. I didn't even know you. You protected me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, I love you. I couldn't live on this earth without you. I love you. I love your presence. I love being with you. I love being with you. That's how, how it is, you know, when you're married. I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, then you need to start saying it. <laughs> I love being with you, Jesus. I love being with you. Jesus, he, I believe his love language is quality time, one of the main ones. He loves us to have that quality time with him. And notice what it says in verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord. As they. It was a group of people. So worship can involve more than one person. But look what it says. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. What happened? God manifested himself to them because they ministered to the Lord. They took the time to praise Him, to worship Him. God manifested Himself. Kenneth Hagin said this, We miss out on many things in life because we don't take time to get into the right attitude of worship and to the right place of worship in order to minister to the Lord. And then he said this, I believe there's a close relationship between ministering to the Lord and receiving deliverance from tests and trials. We're petitioning God. Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, heal me. Just go minister to the Lord. Love on Him and watch Him deliver you. Just because you're loving on Him and you're praising Him and you're worshiping Him. Praise God. We, we see that Paul and Silas were delivered. What happened? It doesn't say they prayed. It said they praised and they sang praises. Yes. Deliverance came because they started singing praises. Yes. They probably didn't feel like singing praises. They were chained up, wrists and feet. Were they there complaining? I can't believe this. Here we did the will of God. This is what always happens. You do the will of God, you get in trouble. There's always opposition, right? Opposition comes. I know it's the door for more, but there's opposition. That's what happens. No, we're like, you know, I'm just going to praise you through this. I'm not going to get into doubt. I'm not going to complain. When you complain, you're, when you, let me tell you this, complaining is the, is the um, expression of doubt and unbelief in your heart. They didn't complain. They ministered to the Lord. They praised God. And what happened? They were delivered. Praise and worship isn't something we do here at church, just at church only. We're doing it. It's a lifestyle. And you hear yourself. Well, you know, I just, I praise the Lord in my heart. I just worship God in my heart. Okay, well, let me give you a verse. Psalms 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's in my mouth. It's being expressed. It's coming out. People can hear you. You can hear you. What did they say about Smith Wigglesworth? Every morning he would jump out of bed, dance a little jig, and he'd praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What was he doing? He, he woke up and ministered to the Lord. 
He didn't jump out of bed and say, Lord, you know I need this and I need this and I need this today. He jumped out of bed. He started praising God. He was ministering to the Lord. He was investing in his relationship with God. Praise the Lord. So are you ready for, our, for our, um, what God has for us as a church? Okay, it says they ministered to the Lord and they fasted. You know you love that word fasted. Have you ever fasted? I was talking to a pastor this morning, and I said, and we were talking about it, and we've been talking about fasting, that as a church, we are going to fast. If you want to, you don't have to, but we are, the River Church, declaring a fast for, Pastor Marcus said, you should. <laughs> I said, you don't have to, he said, you should. You should, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be good for you. We're going to fast for this next week starting today. Now, I'm not telling you not to eat nothing. You can fast. There's a lot of different things you can fast. If you want to fast a meal, you can fast a meal a day. If you want to fast, you know, uh, yeah, something that you really love. You know, does, Pastor Marcus, Pastor Lee and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on a lima bean fast. I'm not going to eat any lima beans, okay? That's, you know, you've got to pick something that really matters to you. It could be social media. It could be a t television. It could be, you know, there's the Daniel fast where you just eat vegetables and, uh, like vegetarian. yeah, vegetables and, and fruits and stuff. They don't eat meat. Whatever God puts on your heart, but let me tell you, it needs to matter to you. You're not going to, you know, I'm going to fast, uh, I'm going to fast, uh, you know, chocolate. You never even eat chocolate. Visiting my mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so we're declaring a fast. And this fast is dedicated to the Lord. We're not trying to get anything from the Lord. We're going to minister to the Lord. And um, we're going to go deeper with God. Because we're not concerned with um, what God can do for us. We're putting our attention on what can we do for Him. Did you hear me? What can I do for you, Jesus? And so we're going to invest in our relationship with the Lord. You know, when you got married, you gave up some things. Yep, God, God had to get rid of that little black book. <laughs> Maybe you had phone numbers on your, on your cell phone. You got delete, delete, delete. You know, you couldn't have those friends. They're, they were girls, and they were my best friends. Yeah, sorry, once you get married, you can't have a, you know, if you're a guy, you can't have a, a friend that's your best friend and it's a girl. You, you know, not that it's bad, but if you're going to get married, you can only have one or the other, right? You either have your wife or you have your best friend that's a girl, right? So you gave up some things when you got married. When you joined up to the Lord, we're going to give up some things. So pick something that's valuable to you. And when you normally would do that, I want you to just go and worship God and minister to the Lord. And we're going to break the fast next Sunday. So we're minister it's going to be a seven-day fast today until next Sunday. And we're going to break the fast with communion and we're going to minister to the Lord. Next Sunday, we're going to have a ministering to the Lord service. Now, don't just come next Sunday and minister to the Lord. Minister to the Lord during the week. Remember what I said, it's not just for church. Minister to the Lord during the week. So come prepared to minister to the Lord next week. 
Come prepared to wait on the Lord. Bring a pillow if you need a pillow. Bring a comfy chair if you need a comfy chair. I don't care. Bring whatever you need and we're going to pray and we're going to wait on God and minister to him next week. Amen? Praise God. Something happens when you minister to the Lord. He want, he's trying to take this church higher. He's trying to take us higher. Amen? Amen? Father God, we just lift you up this morning. Just lift your hands. Why don't you stand? We lift you up this morning, Lord. And we magnify you. Oh, how we love you. Let's just minister to the Lord. Just, just thank him for what he's done. Open your mouth. We thank you, Father. Oh, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We just consecrate ourselves to you this week, Father. Whatever you would have us to fast, Father. Yeah. Whatever you would have us do, Father. We'll do it gladly. We'll do it gladly. I said we'll do it gladly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there's something on the other side of that that God has for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Allow him right now to just speak to you what he would have you to fast, Lord. What, what, what is that?